Wow, what a novel approach. How did you come up with that? Well, sometimes you have to just look at things from a different angle. Yes, but how did you come up with this? Well, sometimes you have to change what you're measuring. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me as we get into the importance of changing the measurements. I'll see you on the flip. Ah, yes, changing the measurements. Who would think something so simple would be so profound? But yet, that is one of the things that I learned in a creative, critical thinking course that I took a few years back. And I was like, wow, this stuff has levels to it. So I want to share that with you today as a way to come up with better um, skills, tools, and things to be able to attack, or not attack, that's not a good word, but be able to deal with, that's what I'm going to say, yeah, deal with things that come up in, in your life, whether it be something that you're trying to solve uh, for your your job or for a, a relationship or whatever, okay? So let's talk about it. And I'm, I'm saying this, I'm just going to say it because I want you to tell, I want you to tune in tomorrow because I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects that I have been harping on these days. And I'm going to be talking about the difference between uh, tools, gifts, uh, skills, and talents. Okay. So yeah, stick with me. So one, I, what I want to talk about today with regards to changing the, changing, <laughs> to changing the measurements is this, that we can be so blinded by our comfortableness with certain tools, our favorite go-tos, that we miss a whole lot of other opportunities. Now, let's go down memory lane. I've talked about this in some of the earlier podcasts about polarity and uh, being polarized as well as walking in the middle. And that is going to be invoked today as well. And I'm going to say this, that When I'm talking about changing the measurements, I'm talking about looking at different things to focus on when you're encountering a situation, a problem, a mystery, or a puzzle. And because of that, you have to get familiar or familiarize yourself with polarities, the opposites of things. And this is the biggest breakthrough I think I've had in recent years. And that is to understand that for every point, there is a opposite point, not just a left or a right or up or a down, every point. And um, physicists or, or theoretical physicists actually use this when they are looking at uh, quantumness uh, or quantum mechanics and the idea of um, different planes of existence, different portals, and understanding that if you're at this point, any incremental direction you turn, there is an opposite opposing point in some distance or in some, you know, opposite, directly opposite direction. And just even dealing with that is just amazing. Um, I am um, looking at a holographic universe. Um, It was recommended to, to, 
for me to read by a friend. And it's got me going down this pathway. And so y'all bear with me if I get a little too geeky on this measurement stuff, but I'm serious about it. And now I want to share this with you and, and give you a few wisdom smacks of how we can turn this into something practical that you can get out of it. Okay, so here we go. When we talk about, you know, changing, I keep saying that word, you guys, forgive me. When we talk about changing measurements, what I'm talking about is, for the most part, changing the values. What is going to be valued? Let me give you a for instance, okay? Societies versus economies. It has been said that the affluent and the rich live in societies and everyone else lives in economies. And what do I mean by that? I mean that if we look at the traditional trans, uh, understanding of a society and an economy, economy, an economy is constructed to produce a certain value, whereas a society can produce value, but its main objective is to have interaction with the components, okay? So the people living there, they can produce value, but that is not what they're set up for, all right? So understanding that where people of uh, um, affluence, they can enjoy having a freedom to be themselves and, and interact with each other. Whereas in today's world, a lot of people are forced to live their existence in an economy, meaning they are forced to ink out a living for survival, to be able to pay their obligations and to have snatches of a semblance of a societal fund of being able to just be you. And uh, some people have coined it as the rat race. You know, there have been many names for it over many different generations and I want to propose that by simply changing your measurements, you're able to come up with different and innovative ways to not only measure what is important for you at that time, but to also still solve what you have. Don't believe me? Let me give you an example. Now, there are certain movements, and I've talked about the difference between movements and coalitions in the past. And a movement is a group of people that have an impassioned uh belief system, whereas a coalition is a group of people who are uh, attempting to change something specific, but they don't have anything necessarily binding them to each other in any kind of social interaction. So this is just like a group of people trying to achieve one, one directive, whereas a movement is a group of people who feel connected to each other to pursue a belief. All right, so let me get back on uh, what I mean by changing the measurements and being able to cover the stuff that you were trying to cover before. Um, movements of minimalism and uh, getting off the grid and uh, survivor and prepper, all of these, these things, what they have done is instead of chase the golden carrot of consumption that has been a rule of the land, of capitalism for a while. Uh, they have chosen to deny that that is the value that they should have. And instead, the value that they should have is to understand themselves outside of a definition of how much stuff you have and to understand themselves 
And it, it can be quite individualized, but there are some communities with it. But anyway, so that they can understand themselves as a, um, a agent of their own personal change. And so thus you see this in everything they do. Let's take the minimalist. So the minimalist eschew having a lot of stuff. It's kind of like the asceticism of uh, um, Alexander of Hippo, uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Thomas Aquinas, and uh, those type of sects of monks and things uh, that were during a lot of the religious uh revolutions and they were breaking away from the the ilks of humanity and just consuming stuff and they they went into the mountains and they were self-sufficient and all that so i'm saying that also to say that there's nothing new under the sun and things come around in cycles they just have new names so you have the minimalist minimalist movement then you have like the survivor prep uh, preppers. And this is not to slam anyone or to make light of what you believe. And if that is, if I'm covering something that is one of your, your guiding tenets of life, I mean, no harm. I'm just quickly trying to go through these as an example and even to pay a little homage to you. Okay. So I have no ill will towards you at all. Okay. So then your preppers, they look at it as a, uh, a zero sum game that eventually we're going to lose, meaning that we're going to either run out of resources, or some type of calamities, whether it be an act of God or military aggression or something, is going to get to the point where there is lack in the land. And so their value is no longer on consuming disposable things. Their uh, value is on preparation to have a stockpile of the necessary things they need for when it goes belly up. So on one hand, you got the minimalists. They're like, look, I'm, I'm going to free myself from the suffering of trying to gain more and get off of this hedonistic treadmill. I'm going to learn how to be more self-sufficient and really get down to the absolute necessities I need to sustain a life that's healthy and happy for me. Then you have the survival prep preppers who believe that they should eschew getting all of this stuff and being tied into the capitalistic system where they believe that it's going to come to an end. And thus they want to be self-sufficient by stockpiling and gaining the power of how to take care of either themselves or a small community or whatever. And so that's why a lot of times you might see them have a, a little colony within a colony, even like a little a militia and all of that stuff. They learn how to live off the land, how to eat stuff, you know, that forages, you know, in the wild and that kind of thing. And so it's a whole like whole world of stuff. And there are many others that I can talk about, but I just want to kind of like use that as a way to measure because changing the measurements, if nothing else, I want to talk about how it affects us as people. I'm not wanting to talk about changing the measurements on how to extract more profits out of your efforts on a on business because I'm just not there right now. Yes, I could talk business with you guys all day long, but 
right now, wisdom has me dealing more with the interpersonal. And if you listen to yesterday's podcast, I was very vulnerable, like even stumbling over my words, even more so, you guys, because I was being honest and showing some deficits and flaws that I have that I'm currently trying to work on and, and do better. And I wanted to make sure that I shared with you. And I got, you know, I felt okay that wisdom was like, yeah, you can share this. And I'm hoping that it helped you. But even taking that understanding of how to make things personal, I'm taking it into how to change these measurements to finding what's important for you. What makes you have bliss? What makes it where you can bear to get up and go to work and do what you need to do each day? And so that's what I want to harp on. And I'm saying harp because I mean it. Uh, Too many of us are living these lives of silent desperations and screams where it doesn't have to be that way. And it's not that you even have to say, I'm quitting my job. You know, you could you could change the measurement. You know, a lot of times people only believe that I go to work so that I can afford to live. And I've talked about that in my little short money series. And yes, 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 I have heard from you guys that you've given me even more suggestions on how to talk about the money. I'll get back around to that. But right now I want to have, you know, these wisdom talks with you. Okay. So anyway, back on what I was saying. For changing these measurements, let me let me just break this down in practicality. When everything is said and done, you, you, dear one, you have sovereignty in what happens to your life, no matter what regime you're under uh, or political system, no matter uh, what family you're born in, you have some sovereignty. Don't believe me? Go and hold your breath for as long as you want to until your body takes over. And you'll notice that nobody, no one except for you and your body could interact or or change anything about that for you at will. Now, yes, you could say, oh, well, somebody could torture you and all this kind of stuff. No, I'm not talking about those extremes. I'm just talking about you getting back to understanding how powerful you are. You as the person inhabiting this, this fleshly form on this earth at this time, you still have sovereignty. And because you still have sovereignty, you get to be able to look at your life in the best way that works for you. Um, there is this uh, statement that Neil uh, deGrasse Tyson said on Joe Rogan's podcast in September of 2019. And he said this, he said, fantasy is reality that uh, that has filtered through your senses to produce feelings. And that was so powerful to me that I was like, I have to share that. I have to share that. Because when you are willing to take your reality to another level and filter it through your senses to produce the feelings that you want, there is no way you can't tell me that we are not fearfully and wonderfully made in what we can accomplish and create. And because of that, we can change the measurements. Right now, um, in the society where I am, there are political uh, machinations going on. And um, I heard a candidate say something that was brilliant. because this it, it resonated with me. And this candidate said that too long have we measured, and yeah, they actually use that word, have we measured what is good by 
what we can produce, uh, gross domestic product, you know, GDP, uh, GD, GDPR, um, and all of this other stuff. And they said, instead, we can measure what it means to have a human experience of quality. And I was like, yes, yes, I totally resonate with that. And I was like, wow, it's it's kind of like a synchronicity when, when wisdom works, you start to get echoes of what she's saying because she confirms that you're on the right track. And so because of that, I know that I know that you can change how you measure your life. So let's get back to that. You're waking up. It's another day of grind. It's another day of commuting to a company where everybody is miserable and everybody is snappish and uh, you have some that are trying to pretend like it's a game of survivor. Others are trying to pretend like it's just an obstacle course to get through another day. And others have just totally checked out and like, I just have to be here for the paycheck. And then others who are new and um, vibrant and excited and working on everybody else's nerves. So it's a cornucopia of crap. It really is. And you know that you've got to get up, fight traffic to get there be there all day, get something done, and then get home. And you're like, can I do it? The first thing I want you to do is I want you to remember that you have sovereignty. Mel Robbins, uh, she has a book, um, The Five Second Rule, and I'll drop the link. And she talks about how her life was going on this treadmill of, of, of banality And it was causing her to sink further and further into apathy. And one day, um, her eyes, you know, she she woke up and instead of taking time to let all of the stuff of her day play through before she got out of bed, she counted down to five and then she shot out of bed like a rocket. And she was like, every time I feel like I'm going to stop, I give I, I count myself down to five seconds and then I move. And I thought that was really wonderful because that is a succinct understanding of what I'm talking about when I talk about you get to change the measurements of how you look at your life. And so maybe instead of looking at the dread and dread, the way I define it is when you are moving yourself out of your now into uh, a false reality of the future that's dim meaning that it is going to cause you some pain. When you're dreading something, that means you've gone out of your body. And not only that, your fantasy, going back to Neil deGrasse Tyson's um, definition, your fantasy as a reality has filtered through your senses and you have produced feelings of sadness, anger, uh, frustration, and even fear. So don't do that. Come back in and change the way you look at it. Now, I can't tell you every kind of change, but what I can suggest is, is that instead of looking at this as drudgery and how much you hate your job, look at it as taking away the job, taking away all that stuff. Look at it as I get to go do uh, something that I've agreed to do and When I get done with that, it is going to help me to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And so instead of focusing on the job, focus on the freedoms that you get to have because you have that that job. And and yes, you'll see why I've slipped a little bit of gratitude in there. Yes, because it still works. It's still a, a 
a valuable thing to look at. But I'm also showing you how you can use reframing and you can use changing what you measure and you can use your sovereignty because you did not have to have a meeting with your manager or the higher ups to help you to do anything to get any um anything that you wanted. You didn't have to consult with anybody. It was just an instantaneous where in a split second, your entire environment can change. And simply by changing what you measure, by changing what's important to you, and by changing what you put the most attention and focus into, with an expectation of fun, happiness, joy, laughter, and all of those types of things. Think about it this way. Um, I uh, was watching uh, one of those documentaries, and they were talking to guys who were in the war. And this was like a World War II kind of thing. And for a lot of them, what they were going through was really hard, very hard. And it they they got a chance to uh, talk to a, a few of them and they were talking about, um, they were counting down the days that they could get back home to see their girls. <laughs> and at the time, there was this phenomenon that was going on and it was called the Dear John Letter. And it was where women <laughs> who had loves who had gone off to fight were falling in love with guys who were at home or had managed to come back home and they were sending their loves who were still in the fight, these, these quote unquote, dear John letters saying, I'm sorry, I've moved on. And so there could have been, and there were actually a lot of men who didn't do this changing of the measurements, who didn't do this reframe and who were having a lot of issues. But for those who had perseverance and who were able to have a, a, a very good outlook, they were like, I'm just, this this, you know, draft that I'm in or whatever, it's just a necessary component of life, but it's going to help me to appreciate what I have at home better. And so I'm just going to count the days now with anticipate, you know, anticipation of when I get back home. And I was like, that is such a novel way of looking at it. And it got me uh, to appreciate how you can have two or a group of people and depending on the, the, the life skills that they know they, and they use, more importantly, they can have totally different outcomes and be in the same situation, the exact same one. So changing the measurements of your life, it can, it can depend. I mean, it's, it's so powerful that it can be the dependent you need to get through a lot of traumatic things. Remember, I talked about the minimalist who take the power to... Um, have themselves show them um, what they're capable of. And then, you know, so there is a freedom. And then you have uh, the preppers who believe that they have to be prepared for the worst. Both of them are acting in sovereign ways. And both of them are behaving in ways that say, I've taken my power and I have changed how I measure stuff. You know, there's another one that you might be screaming at me. And yes, the whole uh, smaller home, tiny house, get rid of a mortgage movement. That's another big example of how to change the measurements of what's important to you. So we take that same example of the person who hates getting up and having to go to work. 
Well, if you don't have to come up with the cost of utilities and mortgage or rent, homeowners insurance, uh, HOA fees, uh, covenants, and those types of things, um, that takes a huge, a huge chunk out of your living expenses. And thus, if you make a self-sufficient uh, home and you pay for it as you build it, then you you get to have a freedom that may be where you like, I don't have to work, you know? Now, a lot of us, we still have to work, you know, student loans are still real. <laughs> but anyway, you might say, I don't have to work. And that's a powerful thing that gives you a joy. And it is because you've simply changed the measurement. So now in my last few minutes, I want to just go back through and um, recap a few of the things we said, but I also want to make, make mention of this. And that is when you are trying to tackle um, things that have you stumped or, or ways to get out of the traps that you see being set up for your life, one of the first things you can do is to change your orientation, change the angle, change your position, or, you know, use the polarities, the opposites. If I'm here, what's the exact opposite of where I am? And if you don't like what that looks like, then angle yourself a little bit more. What's the exact opposite from this view? And on and on and on. And that will give you the creativeness to be able to critically think through where you are to come up with a whole new novel approach to your life. You do not have to be stuck in a rut. The way you are thinking is only one of an infinite amount of ways to come up with something. One of the things that I am learning every day is that for every way to do something, there are countless other ways to achieve the same thing, including your belief systems. And so with changing our measurements, I'm challenging you to be okay with stepping out of how you look at stuff. I'm challenging you to step out of of who has the power over you. You are sovereign. The buck stops here with you. When it comes down to it, you, that's one of the greatest gifts of life is your sovereignty over yourself. And then with that, I want you to embrace, embrace how you want to look at your life. If you can't, um, if you, if, if you can't have as much freedom as you'd like. I talked about uh, people in the, in the service. This can apply for the incarcerated as well. It does not matter. There is another book um, um, uh, bit, uh, written by Viktor Frankl, Frankl uh, Man's uh, meaning, uh, Search for the Meaning of Life, that he talks about when he was in the Holocaust concentration camps. He did something like this. He changed the measurement of what it meant, and he could show compassion to his imprisoners, and he could show love and patience for them. He even reasoned that they were just following orders. I mean, how can you do that when someone is torturing you? But anyway, it's very powerful. And so when I talk about these uh, sovereignties and, and all of those different things that we look at, and even with Mel Robbins' five-second rule, being able to 
Give yourself a countdown of five, four, three, two, one, and then moving when inspiration hits, that's going to give you so many uh, opportunities and open up an entire new way of uh, approaching life that you never knew existed, but was always still there. There's so much more that we could talk about here. And I, <laughs> I, I'm so grateful. First of all, let me just pause for a second to say I'm so grateful that I know someone is hearing me. I know you're listening and I believe that it's helping you and changing you because it's helping me and changing me and we're in this together. And yeah, I might not have the sexiest titles, you know, thank you to that person who told me that. But anyway, <laughs> you know, I might not have the sexiest titles and um I might not come with the 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 trendiest things because I'm not a trendy person. I'm I'm a perennial person. I I'm 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 down with wisdom. And wisdom says what's popping today is going to be popping in 300 years because that's how I roll. Wisdom is all about giving the eternal, the the stuff that is always going to um be of use and value. And so anyway, um I just wanted to pause right now to say thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for being part of my ever-growing tribe. And because of that, I am looking at, you know, how do I employ this wisdom for so for the last few minutes I'm gonna just gonna talk really quickly about how I've been changing measurements in my life. And that is I'm at this point now where I've been going back through um Carl Young's 12 archetypes. And I've really been meditating on the sage one and uh, what that means to be a sage, to be a teacher, to be a person that shares and how that measurement looks now, you know, from moving from the worker bee and the person trying to just take care of self and make sure I'm not a burden on society to now being a person who is part of society doing my part to help us continue to thrive, to grow, and to survive. And I'm going to tell you, it looks different because I make different choices. I desire different things. I am not so busy on trying to get affirmation so that I can consume them upon my lust as much as I am trying to make sure that I am being forthright, vulnerable, and uh, sharing in a responsible way. Wink, wink, if you haven't uh, listened to To Shield or To Share to share or to shield podcast that I did a few days ago, go back and check it out and understanding that we're in this together. We are networking, we have connection and it matters. And so I want you to go out there and I want you to find ways to change the measurements that you've been using in your life. Mix it up, give yourself a new hope, a new joy and a new way to pursue the things that truly make you happy. And with that, guess what? Yep. My time is up. I sure do thank you for yours. This has been another podcast with me, Michelle Spivey, your practical priestess of wisdom for wisdom smack. So check the show notes and I'm going to list the book for uh, Mel Robbins five, uh, five. Um, oh dear. The five second rule. And I'm going to see you tomorrow. Thank you so much. And until then, have a wonderful one, my lovelies, my darlings. Bye.
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.